This is the Maritime Cybersecurity Insight, a podcast that gives you insight into the latest maritime cybersecurity trends through the voices of the industry leaders. This program is brought to you by Class NK. Welcome to the Maritime Cybersecurity Insight. I'm your host, Miki Kotani from Class NK Cybersecurity Team. In this series, we try to analyze existing challenges around cybersecurity of onboard vessels with the experts of the maritime industry and discuss their views, thoughts, and initiatives they're taking. In the last episode, PMA, Maritime Authority of Panama, shared with us the reason behind they had set up a platform for cyber incident reporting and how the information that is shared would eventually constitute a key component for better cyber defense for the entire maritime community. Now, let's discuss from the contributor's point of view. The questions that may be raised include, what are we going to report or when do we report? In this coffee break session, I'll sit with Captain Ruchin Dayal, founder and CEO of EDOT Solutions, a maritime consultancy and digital solution service providers, to cover these questions based on real case scenarios. But before that, I discussed with Ruchin, who's a master mariner himself and have worked on board for over 16 years, on Seafer's perspective towards sharing of cyber incident information. Let's have a listen. So, Captain, it's already quite common for vessels to send near-miss and incident reports in compliance with their safety management systems, right? But what we find during our activities is that um, there's so much uncertainty in reporting benchmarks and criteria in the context of cybersecurity. I agree with you, Magisan. Uh, the thing is, existing management systems address activities which are concerned with mostly physical operational procedures. For example, activities related to procedures for safe navigation, engine and cargo operations, maintenance, or even for other tasks like tank entry, pilot ladder rigging, anchoring, basically any onboard activity where the actions of the seafarer must follow a prescribed process for the purpose of a safe outcome. Now, these procedures are related to main shipboard activities, which are based on conventional subjects of science, mathematics, seamanship, stability. And we seafarers have studied these as part of our syllabus for all of our competency exams. With nearly three decades since the ISM code was adopted, There are also available thousands of well-documented reports and records for reference. Hence, the system has matured over this period. But when we speak of maritime cyber security, well, it's a fairly new concept in shipping, as well as rather abstract to the seafarer when compared to other more familiar shipboard activities. The present education and training structure doesn't include a cyber-related subject for the purpose. And the simple seafarer mind doesn't recognize a cyber event and remains focused on the mechanical aspects of any system. That's what he knows. For example, uh, 
an engine room blackout or the steering gear failure has always been considered a mechanical or an electronic problem can be wear and tear material failure or even in extreme cases sabotage however we realize now that the malfunction may have nothing to do mechanically but maybe a glitch in the controlling software which makes it a cyber related problem but how many of us would first go and look at a controlling software or call the makers and say that we want you to check the controlling software when we have a problem on board the ship very few none maybe we look at the mechanical aspects we want to repair it we want to change spare parts but we all need to now start thinking that there may be a cyber element involved to the problem and this will require changing the seafarer's mindset which in turn will require loads of patience more than anything else i completely agree that the cybersecurity aspects of automation should be introduced to seafarers as part of their education and training under the framework of international instruments but This is more of a long-term goal and will take time, right? And we need to suggest an immediate course of action for seafarers and ship managers to address the demands of managing onboard cybersecurity events. And I think the first and foremost challenge is always recognizing that a near miss or an incident may be related to cybersecurity. That is quite important. And to address this challenge, it's not just seafarers' mindset on board that should be updated to adopt this recognition process, but also the company's standard manuals and procedures need to be updated as well for integrity. And the next thing is to reassure the seafarer that reporting their onboard experience will not get them into any trouble. While training, education, and changing procedures will address the recognizing of incidents or near misses, it is imperative that ship managers introduce a long-term plan for fostering a cyber hygiene culture, which encourages and rewards ship staff for reporting of onboard incidents. Agree with you, Magisan, on both accounts. The need for training can hardly be undermined, and while STCW regularizes the same. in their syllabus for the competency exams as well as their short courses which i agree is going to take time simple best practices are going to help the seafarer reading the onboard cyber security training manual uh, reading relevant loss prevention bulletins from the clubs and advisories from class or even hearing podcasts like this one can greatly increase awareness on this subject. Yes, and Richard, this comes down to why it should be encouraged to share onboard cyber incidents with external platforms like the one by PMA. The industry recommendations as a result of these initiatives are all based on the real-world experiences, and it will be quite a good learning resource. Also, it is largely dependent on the numbers of information pieces you have access to and of the analysis you've done to be able to improve the best practices. So, although it is extremely difficult and demands too much burden for a single company to do it on its own, 
leveraging the external platforms and dividing this threat intel task with others, I think it's much more effective. Of course, Makisan. Presently reported incidents usually fall under the purview of the quality and safety departments of the company, who are usually master mariners or engineers, essentially seafarers. And unfortunately, they do not have the exposure nor experience in cyber-related matters. Now, sharing these reports with qualified organizations or platforms under the assurance of anonymity will ensure that a professional analytical approach is applied where trends are studied geographically and across companies, cultures and equipment. What this will do is develop a dual approach. One, establishing best practices in the short term and second, providing an opportunity for systematically developing training material and course curriculum in the long term as part of the seafarers competency exams. Now, let's come back to the topic of reporting procedure for this PMA Cyber Incident Reporting Scheme. Well, first and foremost, as explained by PMA in the last episode, it is their intention to keep it as simple as possible to reduce the burden of reporting. So you can create and submit a report completely online. And the majority of the reporting items consist of multi-choice questions. Now, I have the reporting form with me right now, Ruchin. Some questions are indeed easy to answer with what you know as seafarers or, or ship managers, such as vessel specifications or locations, right? But other questions are rather unique for cyber incident reporting, and you need to know about like certain level of ship's network. So shall we elaborate these items? Absolutely, Maki. It is my experience that things are often understood better when using an example. Let's use a case study from one of our files and then try to populate the form using the same. Routine near-miss reporting scenario. This scenario could be considered as a near-miss. Case study. It's a bright sunny afternoon. The vessel is heading east, soon to enter Malacca Straits in about six hours. The second mate is on watch. As a routine, he checks the position of the GPS, by comparing it with the position, obtained by radar. Hmm, that's strange. These positions are slightly different. Let me check the alternate GPS. Oh, these positions are also slightly off. I must call the master. Hello. Captain, I have a strange situation on the bridge. The GPS-1 and GPS-2 are showing slightly different positions when compared to the position plotted by radar. In fact, the position on both GPS receivers is also slightly different from one another. I am on my way up. Meantime, please continue plotting position by using the radar bearing and distances. Okay, what have we here? I have plotted a position by bearing and distance. We are nearly on track, but the GPS positions are slightly off. 
This smells of a cyber-related problem. Please double the watch second mate. Switch steering to manual course feed. We will navigate using radar fixes. Use parallel indexing when possible. The master deploys the cybersecurity response plan. Upon ensuring that the navigation is unaffected, he informs the company cybersecurity officer. The Furuno technicians are instructed to board at Singapore. The vessel safely navigates to the Singapore anchorage and drops anchor. The attending technicians board the vessel, check and reset the systems. The possibility of spoofing is most likely. The due diligence of the second mate, in following company procedures and bridge best practices, avoided a serious incident. The master reports this as a near miss. Clearly the second mate's due diligence in following company best practices saved the day. The master would, at a later, more convenient time, report this as a near miss. Maki, let's try and use this example for populating the PMA form for reporting of a near miss. As you have explained earlier, it's a very simple one. Details of who's reporting the incident, where and where did the incident take place, and other routine entries populate the form. Perhaps the only question which really requires discussing is selecting whether the equipment affected is IT or OT. While all of us are familiar with IT, what is OT though? Operational technology. Let me try to explain. Quite simply, hardware and software where the designed output, remember the designed output is communication data is termed as IT, information technology. Most times, this output is local. For example, an accounting program will compute data for display only on your laptop. Same with your uh, desktop or any software which is operating, say, as an email. The email will be displayed on your personal system or can be printed with a printer by a printer connected to your laptop. In the day-to-day -day ship life, IT systems can be deemed to be offline systems. They're not controlling any environment in real time. They can be rebooted without affecting any critical shipboard processes. That is what we do, isn't it? If, if, if a system is hung or not working efficiently, we, we just re reboot the system. So what is OT then? Again, software and hardware, any equipment, whether designed output is a definite distinctive action. Let's use an example. The automated propulsion control systems, the power management systems, Primary, any controlled automation. So the controlling logic software and other systems which are hosting it, together with the connected and contributing systems, essentially to the delivery of the designed output, are all termed as OT. OT systems have to be considered as online systems and they control critical shipboard operations 
rebooting is not an option can we just reboot the power management system on board or can we just reboot the steering gear no we can't I think this case study was a great idea to understand how to capture an onboard event as a potential cyber incident and how to convert it into a PMA's report. Now, if you're interested in learning more about other case studies, there are awareness white paper on IT and OT written by Ruchin, and you can get it from the link down below in the description box. Maki, as a seafarer myself, I have to ask if the information submitted is safely handled. As I mentioned earlier in a conversation, anonymity is a key element for the industry's acceptance of incident information. That's a very good question. Anonymity preserving is obviously of most concern for information providers, and I believe this is precisely the reason why Class N K has been appointed by PMA as their collaborator. The cyber incident reporting by PMA has been designed so Class N K stands in between the information providers and Panama to receive and retain the raw data, so the information is reported to PMA. Only after the personal data and ship's unique data is anonymously processed. So, as you can imagine, any subsequent publication from Panama, such as recommendations, best practices, or alerts, will be based on anonymous or anon- anonymous statistical data. Virgin, and as this episode is close to an end, may I just stress out that? The maritime industry can expect a significant breakthrough in our threat intel capability if we do share information. It may lead us to, well, just to name a few, a useful playbook against specific types of attack or a security indicator at certain geolocations, or it can also lead us to an unrecognized vulnerability of onboard systems or equipment that are widely used on board many vessels. A collective of each and every inboard experience of yours can be such a powerful tool for ever safer shipping. Makisan, I would like to conclude by using an example to which I think everyone will relate to. What do we do when the air conditioner in our home or in our office stops working, and we see a bright red error code flashing? Or when we find a cell phone or a laptop doesn't seem to be behaving normally, you know when suddenly the CPU usage is showing hundred percent on a laptop and it doesn't move. What do we do? Or what do we do when we want to perform a function in Excel or Word which we haven't used before? We punch in a problem. But where? Google, of course. What we get in return? Is hundreds of people having the same problem, sharing solutions which have worked for them. Today, people are better informed, smarter, healthier, and even better cooks because they share. A platform such as this one, Maki, just cannot go wrong. Sharing is caring. Let's get stronger as a maritime community. Let's get more resilient. Let's share incidents of near miss, and let's get better at cyber security at sea. 
Net with Ruchin Dayal, founder and CEO of eDot Solutions. Thanks so much for joining me, and we'll talk again soon on another episode from Class NK. Bye.